come on up. Uh, and uh, as he comes up, please turn in your Bibles to John 7, uh, where Moffat will be reading from today. Good to have you here. Good morning. Good to see you. Thank you for having us. Thank you to the leadership of Grace Fellowship Church uh, for according us the opportunity to be here. We are always humbled, and we, this is home to us. Uh, there's no uh, place in America like here at Grace Fellowship Church. We, we move around, we go to churches, but once we are here, we feel at peace. This is home to us. So we are grateful. Thank you for your prayers. Northrise continues to grow because, you know, we have people like you praying for us, uh, lifting us up, and God does what he does. Uh, he saves his people. We are humble servants, and uh, our prayer is that uh, may he continue using us together. You are doing work in Zambia. What a way of doing missions uh, you are here, but things are happening there. So we are so grateful. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the way you have captivated our hearts uh, to your son. We thank you for your word. We pray that, God, may we continue being enriched. You are a good God, Lord. We love you. Our prayer is that may you help us uh, to finish well in life. Uh, that God will be able, uh, wherever we are, to say, God, you touched our hearts. You helped us to save you. We thank you and we give you glory. Bless our time as we reflect on the passage of scripture today. Pray that God, you you'll be with us. Pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In my life, when I was in high school, I don't know here whether you have scripture union. In high school, we have scripture union. And I don't know how many times I gave my life to the Lord. <laughs> I was a staunch Catholic, but attending scripture union. So when I attend scripture union, I'll pretend as we are one of, I'm one of them. You know, until when God visited me. I did that two, three times, you know, just to be my, with my buddies so that they know, you know, you are a Christian. But I was very religious. Until one day. I moved from the Catholic Church, moving to Assemblies of God, which was just adjacent. And for the first time, I had read the Bible, I had heard that story, the story of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. But on this Sunday, it just touched my heart. I didn't know the protocol for that church. I stood up, I started crying. And I'm moving, I'm going in front because that's the way I thought they were doing it. And one of the elders met me and said, young man, what's going on? I said, I need Jesus. He says, no, you need to sit down. 
you know, let the, let the man of God finish the sermon. And once he's done, he will call you to the front. So I whispered in his ears, I said, I need Jesus like right now. <laughs> My life changed. When you come to Jesus, your life changes. I encourage you, if you are religious, move to what we are going to call today, come to Jesus. It's not easy to just be a religious person. Because when you are stressed, all the things we pass through as human beings, if you are not thirsty for our God, you are just being religious. You know, Jesus has said to us, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the big idea this morning is, is anyone thirsty? The context of our passage of scripture you know, Jesus is calling, he's inviting us. And sometimes we might ask ourselves, you know, it's about the non-believers. But you know, when you look at the passage, come to Jesus. That passage is like present continuous tense for all of us. We keep coming to him. We will never have a day when we are not thirsty for him. So is anyone thirsty or are you still playing religion? I encourage you to move from there because religion says you count how many times you prayed, how many times you did this, how many times you gave. But when you come to Jesus, it's a way of life. It becomes a way of life. So Jesus tells us, you know, John tells us why he wrote the book. He says, it was written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. In other words, you may continue believing. And now in chapter 7, you know, uh, moving from chapter 6, which is one of the beautiful passages in the Gospel of John, where he had to deal with, the, you know, the Pharisees and, uh, you know, uh, and all those people who are following him because of bread. And now Jesus confronts them. He says, you have to do you know, you have to work, and they are confused what it means to work, and he says, you believe in me. I am the bread of life. Then he continues in chapter 7, uh, in verses, uh, you know, uh, 37 uh, to 39, you know, is the brothers in the beginning of the chapter, they encourage him and say, you know, come. Come to the Feast of Tabernacles. And, the, you know, for them, they wanted... You know, for Jesus to show off in public, Jesus denies. And the scriptures clearly says the brothers did not believe in him. And then Jesus privately, he goes to the Feast of Tabernacles. And uh, you can imagine, they were not expecting him. All of a sudden, he stands up. It's like you didn't know me. And as soon as Mark sat down, I just stood up and started reading. 
And you go, what? That's what happened. He says, on the last day, that great day of feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart to flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. I have not done justice to this because the way it's written in Greek, it was on top of his voice. Ah, the big voice, but I think I can't say it like Jesus. If anyone thirsty, it's so high so that it caught attention of everyone who was there at the feast. On this last day, greatest day of the feast, it was the Feast of Tabernacles. It was a seven-day affair. During this feast, the Israelites dwelt in little temporary booths or huts made from tree limbs. It's like you coming to my village. You, you, you live there. In this little, you know, you move away from your comfort. And that's what happened here. And why were they doing that? The purpose was to remind Israel of God's provision in bringing them out of Egypt into the promised land. You may recall that Jesus knew there were those who sought to seize him and get rid of, get rid of him. Yet he came first quietly, then publicly, but finally he cries out, If anyone is thirsty, let him come and drink. During this feast, there was a special ritual that related to God's provision. Our text this morning opens on the last day. It is the last and greatest day of the feast. Everything came to a great climax of joy on this day. You can imagine it's like you all live in Costa Mesa. And when the Feast of Tabernacle comes, no one goes to work. Everyone goes to these booths and you perform this ritual. Jesus is not interpreting, interrupting the ceremony. He is interpreting it. The celebration has come to a climax. It is a celebration of God's goodness. It is a prayer for God's provision. Here is the ultimate cause of celebration. They had no idea that the one they were celebrating, the one what it means for this feast is seated right there with them. The Messiah stands in their midst as the fulfillment of this great feast. Imagine the impact of Jesus' invitation in that setting. He is not sitting in a teaching position, but standing to proclaim an invitation. His voice is not soft and mellow, but full of emotion and intensity. Who would dare to speak up like that at such a holy moment? The Lord of glory speaks up because it all points to him. It's all fulfilled in him. No wonder people responded as they did in John chapter 7, verses 40 to 41. They said, on hearing his words, some of the people said, surely, this man is the prophet. 
Others said, he is the Christ. They understood the claim he was making by that invitation. Only the prophet, only the Christ could make such a claim. It was in this context that Jesus stood and cried out, if anyone is thirsty, he should come and drink. Out of his heart, or her heart, shall flow rivers of living water. Jesus says, come to me and drink. We recall in John chapter 6, verses 35, you know, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. He is the bread of life. He is the living water. Our souls were made for Jesus. This is how the soul lives on God. It lives on Jesus. Sometimes the Lord will let us go through the wilderness to stir up our hunger and thirsty for more of his presence. It is important for us to understand what Jesus means by thirsty. The type of thirst is referring it is an attitude of brokenness, overseen and longing for peace with God. It is more of a spiritual state than a physical condition. What does it mean to drink? Basically, Jesus is what our soul needs. We drink Jesus when we pray to him in prayer. We spend time, you know, soaking, abiding in Jesus, just being in his presence. We are drinking of him. In his word, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that we may grow thereby if indeed have tasted that the Lord is gracious. This drinking is not something you do with your mouth and your throat. You do it with your soul. You do it spiritually. Keep believing is receiving Jesus as water, food and life for the soul. This believing has been written in the present tense. In other words, keep on believing. Do not let up. You know, sometimes... The chaos of the world, you know, they, you know, they turn us from really keep believing in him and doing the things he has called us to do. We have no time. We can't waste time. Every day we keep believing. Every day we keep close to him. Second, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water as powerful as this declaration is about what Jesus has to offer, there is more in verse 38. It reads, whoever believes in me, as the scriptures said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Literally, it says, out of his belly. But the point is our inner being, call it belly, heart, or soul, spirit, it means out of our belly. Rivers of water will flow. John Piper writes, it. he says, it means that when you come to Jesus to drink, you don't just get a single drink, but you get a spring, a fountain, a well. You get Jesus, 
rivers of water will flow because a river maker is in you. That's the point. You never have to search again for a source of satisfaction for your soul. Every river that needs to flow for the joy of your soul will flow from Jesus. When you come to him, you get him, and he never leaves. End of quote. We are filled up to flow out. You know, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, When the Spirit of God comes upon you, you shall be my witnesses. He will give you power to be, your, to be witnesses. And that's what it means if you keep believing in Jesus, you are thirsty for him, you will never help it but witness to others. And you have to ask yourself a question. Lord, am I witnessing? Is my life a witness to others? Am I talking about Jesus? You know, is Jesus more in my vocabulary than cars? You know, is Jesus more in my vocabulary than football? Is Jesus more in my vocabulary than basketball? Is Jesus more in my vocabulary than all the things we see, than the ocean? Sometimes we worship the ocean. There is the ocean maker. More. If you admire the ocean, you look how big it is, what a way to worship God. Become more thirsty for him than the ocean. Because he's the one who created the ocean. We are filled up to flow out. Belief is understanding that this world does not satisfy our life thirsty. And only Jesus is able to quench your thirst. It's amazing, I was talking to Mark. We have known each other a little over 25 years. And it seems like yesterday. Life is short. Play hard. <laughs> as Nike would put it. Those who believe in Jesus in this way will have something else happen. Jesus says rivers of living water will flow out of their hearts. Pray for that. Cry out to God for that. Not only will you find true life and true satisfaction but you are going to flow those life-satisfying waters to others. We are meant to be other-oriented. We are meant to be other-oriented. We are supposed to have life-changing and life-giving waters to others. We don't need much to live. Think about it. We don't need much. We complicate life. The life, when, when you are oriented for others, you simplify life. But oriented for others in Jesus. Not in Buddha, because Buddha is dead. Not in Allah. Allah is a mystery, is dead. Only Jesus is alive. All these others, you name them Confucius, you know, Baha'i faith, you put all those together, they are dead. Jesus is alive, he lives in us. Greater is he who is in us than who is in the world. You are how people come to meet God. Are you the good news to people? 
Do you flow living waters from your life into the lives of others? What do your children see? What have your children seen in you? Are you life-giving rivers to God for them? What does your spouse see? What has your spouse seen in you? Are you overflowing with living waters toward her or him? What do your friends, your co-workers, neighbors, employees, and everyone you know, are you overflowing with living waters towards them? What is your cup filled with, life-giving water or bitter water? I have chosen sometimes not to listen to politics. If I want just to sit and watch TV, I watch Liverpool Football Club. <laughs> and enjoy and relax. But you know, there are so many things calling out for you and me. They want us to be waked up all the time. Every time to be, you know, you are stressed out. For what? Come to Jesus. If you are thirsty, if you are looking, you are going out to all those things, then you, are, you, you, you need to be thirsty for Jesus. Because when you come to him, you will rest. The, second, the third one, he says, the spirit will fill a believer. Verse 9 says, now this he said about the spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Go back to the book of Acts. Start reading it. And you see, when the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit, life changed. You look at the whole book of Acts. It was all for him. They will go to jail. They will come out of jail. They will be whipped. They will come out of that. And it's all about Jesus. Their lives changed. Their vocabulary changed. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it changes you. You see the world out there not like the non-believers sees it. You see it as a mission field. Mission field can happen at South Coast Plaza. Mission field can happen at Fashion Island. When I lived here, you know, Friday afternoons, we used to go, you know, you know, you would just go after, you know, after lunch. I would always go to South Coast Plaza, not for shopping, but to meeting people, to talking to them about Jesus. What a way, you know, they are rushing to buy things. They are rushing. You rush there to share Jesus. No agenda, but Jesus and you pray. I used to pray, Lord, give me one soul today I can talk to about Jesus. And he gave me. In verse 39, the apostle John tells us how this amazing transformation is going to come about. He uses the following words to tell us who is going to orchestrate this event. But this is spoke of the Spirit. You know, Jesus said, 
When I go, I'll send you the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict you of sin. He will do the job. You know, it's like a Muslim father who came to me, you know, her, you know his daughters are at Northrise. He says, you know, you, you, convert, you convert people, you people. I said, no, we don't. What do you do? I said, God converts people. I'm not in a business of converting. We are in a business of listening to our father. You know, like Jesus says, there's nothing I do except what I see my father doing. Thirsty for him. He's explaining this to his readers because this concept was beyond the understanding of the disciples at that point in time. They got it in the book of Acts. Jesus' disciples knew that the Spirit of God has been active in creation, speaking through the prophets, empowering his people, and coming upon certain individuals for a period of time. But this was something new. This is God's invitation to you and me, not just a mere invitation. This is a big invitation for our lives. Jesus said, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. Pray and ask God to make you a full and overflowing Christian. Pray. We pray together. That God, I want to be a Christian where I can I, I overflow. You use me to touch others. It's not just about us. In fact, when you have more in life, you are required more to give back to God. Because it belongs to Him anywhere. It was not meant for you. You know, when we go to Zambia, you know, someone will meet me and say, Oh, you are the owner of Northrise University. I said, no. But you are the founder. I said, no. Who is the founder? God. Who is the owner? God. And you are part of ownership. So we pray. Remember that as we bring to Jesus our spiritual thirsty. I don't know what your spiritual thirsty is today. You might you might be struggling. You might be struggling in your marriage. You know, take it to Jesus. I have found a formula. If I want to love my dear one, I go to Jesus. I can't just go to her. Jesus is the formula. You want your finances to balance? Go to Jesus. In fact, be careful, because when you go to Jesus with all your finances, you might say, you don't own anything, you know, give it to me all. Are you ready to do that? So you have to be careful. <laughs> because it's all his. That's the formula. You might be struggling at work. Thirsty for Jesus. Go to him. You're struggling with your co-workers. Go to him. You know, sometimes we struggle with our co-workers, you know, because we are seeing them with our own eyes. See them with the eyes of God. They are God's creation. They are God's creation. He wants to fill us to overflowing that others would be blessed. So we exist so that others are blessed.
The Spirit of God changes us. When I received Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, when he touched me, and I responded to him, yes, my life was never the same. I was baptized as a young kid in the Roman Catholic. When I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I realized I need to be immersed. So I was, I demonstrated, I was baptized. And not only that, my life changed. The Bible became the living word. I had no idea that this word which we hold in our hands, which he has given us, is so powerful. You know, I see people reading all these books, big books, and yet we haven't even finished the book of Jude. <laughs> the book of Philemon. To sit down and read the book of Philemon in one go and praise the Lord for it. And yet we can read Shakespeare. We can read all these other things, volumes upon volumes. Not that you should not read, but read the Bible more than any other. Saturate yourself with the word of God. When the Spirit of God changes us, the Word becomes the living Word. What kind of change is the Spirit inspiring in you and through you? How does it all begin? With the cry of Jesus, with his inv invitation, if anyone thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Come to Jesus. He is able to fix all your problems. Now, I, let me you know, amplify on that. It's not by coming to Jesus that I will be out of debt. <laughs> it's not by coming to Jesus that, you know, I had pain, now it's gone. It might be gone. But coming to Jesus, it means my life now is fixed on him. In spite of pain, in spite of what I'm going through, God is using that to grow me. Hallelujah. That's the God we serve. So that when we're in pain, we don't say, God, where are you? We say, Lord, help me to discover what's going on in my life. Are you using this for me to reach out to others? He always does that. If anyone thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Amen. Father, we thank you. We give you glory. You are a good God. Father, we pray that you put in us this thirsty which you have talked about, that we will always come to you. Who we'll follow you not because of bread. Who we'll follow you because of your word. Who we'll believe in you. We thank you. We give you glory. Pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen.